Hey, if you're a guest with us, um, it is a different Sunday. If you're a first-time visitor or second-time visitor, maybe you haven't experienced a family Sunday, these are intentional. These are purposeful. These are intentional because we want the students to know that we value praising our Father, the Most High God. They get really great teachers out in the back when they go to classes. They get... um, our curriculum is wonderful. It goes through the Bible in a whole year, three ways for three years. We're going to do it for three years, and it's going to go through the Bible three different times. So, so they get some great curriculum. However, no curriculum can substitute what it means to look up at your mom or dad or maybe an adult across the room that's praising God and letting them know, wow, they value, they truly value what they're doing in this place, okay? So this is why we do that. Plus, we do it to give their teachers a break, too. They always enjoy that as well. Um, we have semester-long commitments, so our teachers commit for a year-long or a semester-long, so it's good for them to be back in here with the family worshiping together, so we value that as well. Sound good? Hey, um, kids, this is what we're going to do this morning. You can be coloring in your coloring book, but in a minute, I'm going to bring up some people to help me, and so you may want to pay attention to what's going on. But here's the thing, is that... We know by just culture, just by uh, conversations, that faces are important. To look somebody in the eye, to look somebody in the face, okay, and know the emotion that's coming through their face, we know that that's important, okay? In fact, a few years back, I was on vacation uh, with our family at South Padre, and uh, we were next to this family uh, on the beach, and and, uh, this, this kid comes running down from their condo out, and I don't know if he hadn't seen his mom in a long time, but he's running, he was saying something, he was yelling something at her. And I'm like, well, what is, so this is interesting, so I stopped and paused, and I'm looking at what's going on, and he's yelling, mom, I miss your face, mom, I miss your face, and I was like, that's the weirdest thing in the world to say. So now you can say, hey, you know, I miss your face when you go see your kids or when you see your mom or whatnot. So kids, that's the thing to say, I miss your face. Because you would be accurate in that when you say something about someone's face, especially in the Old Testament times, you're talking about their, pre- their presence. Not presence as you get on Christmas, kids, but their presence, their, um, um, their being there. You are with them. And so when it says, seek his face or seek my face, the Bible's saying to seek God's presence. And that's important. We know that's important because when we want to be removed from where we are and put into a place that we remember, we pull out a picture, right? We pull out a picture to send all these emotions up and running and flooding our memory about that picture or maybe about that face. And a face says a thousand words, not just a picture right? And so you can tell someone's mood. You can tell someone's emotion. You can tell someone's anger. You can tell a lot by someone's face and their body language. And the Bible is no different. It gives us commands repeatedly to seek his face. And so we know that this is important as a body. We know this is important as a culture. So today we're going to talk about being in God's presence and the importance of the presence of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 27. Psalm chapter 27 is where we're going to be. Before we get into reading that psalm, I'm going to give you some backstory. I think it's important to know what's going on in Psalm 27 for David. 
So if you are um, intrigued by the backstory and you want to follow along, so you'll, you will put a bookmark in Psalm 27, and you'll want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 20. And we're going to talk about 20, 21, and 22, those three chapters. I'm going to summarize them so you can follow along and read those along while I summarize it. We have our kids in here, so I'm kind of keep it down to 25, 28 minutes or so. You're welcome. So... First uh, Samuel chapter 20 picks up, and David and Jonathan are really good friends. They are best friends. Kids, do you have a best friend? This guy named Jonathan is David's best friend, and Jonathan happens to be King Saul's son. And his story picks up, King Saul wants to hurt David. King Saul does not like David. King Saul doesn't want to see David anymore. Okay, And so King Saul said to Jonathan, Jonathan, where is David? So David is supposed to be at this table, this very important table, this, this dinner, this three-day dinner, this feast, if you will. And David did not show up. And Jonathan was asked, where's David? And, John, and Jonathan says, well, actually, he went on home, and he's going to be with his family because there's some stuff going on back at the house but little did Saul know that Jonathan and David really were best friends, but they had a covenant together. They had a deal. They had a promise together because David knew that Saul was out to get him. David knew Saul was out to hurt David. And so before that feast, David and Jonathan get together, and David said, I can't go to that feast. Your dad's going to hurt me. And Jonathan's like, no, dad's not mad at you. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And so Jonathan's like, hey, I got an idea. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to say, hey, John, I mean, David went back to his homeland, okay? He's going to go back home. He's going to go see his family. He's got an urgent matter to deal with. And if he gets mad, okay, if he, if he gets angry, then I know that he's going to hurt me. But if he says, oh, okay, that's good, that's fine, then I know that he's, it's going to be good and I can come back to the table and I can continue to dine with you guys and everything's going to be fine. And so Jonathan says, okay, how about we do this? If he gets mad, I'm going to shoot the arrow on this side of this stone heap, and I'm going to shoot it real far away, and I'm going to not send the boy to go get my arrows. But if he's fine with it and he says, okay, that's fine, then I know the Lord is telling me that it's fine for you to come back, David, and dine with us, and King Saul's not out to get you, and I'm going to shoot my arrows on this side of the rock, and I'm going to have the boy get them and bring them back. And so you'll know because you're going to be hiding behind the rock. And so you're going to know which one it is. And so they entered a deal and then entered a covenant. And sure enough, David was right. He sensed King Saul's anger, his jealousy. And Jonathan shot the arrows beyond the rock and heap and did not send the boy to go get it because it was beyond the boy. And that language and that terminology, that presence of the arrows told David, I can't go back there anymore. And so he fled. He ran away. He ran away to a town called Nab. And Nab, there's a bunch of priests. And these priests were there, and David shows up all alone. He had no weapons. And Ahimelech, kids, this is a quiz at the end, Ahimelech, okay, you need to pronounce that word. Not really. Ahimelech was the high priest, and he went to go see the high priest, and Ahimelech starts getting scared. He's like, whoa, 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 why, why are you here? First off, 
I don't, and you're here alone, that's kind of creepy. And you have no weapons. What's going on? This is totally out of the norm for someone out of King Saul's camp to come do this. And David says, I, I can't go back. He told him of what King Saul's plan was. And they have all heard, the priest at Nob, the priest at Gath, they all heard of this phrase, Saul killed his thousands, but David kills his tens of thousands. And so Saul gets mad, and so everyone knows that Saul must be mad. So David being there is like, oh, I I get it. I see Saul must be after you. And so this Ahimelech priest takes him in, and he gives him this bread. He's hungry. And so David says, I'm hungry. And he says, I don't have any bread to give you. All I have to give you is this showbread. And the showbread is the bread of presence, the Bible tells us. And it was the bread that sat on the table in the temple that would be with you, would dine with God at this table, and you would take this bread that sat there as a show, as a, as a meeting place between God and man in this temple, and it would be on the table for a long time. And so he's like, I have this show bread to give you, and the priests would eat it. But if you weren't a priest, you're not supposed to eat it, but yet David still took it. And David ate of it. And it's funny, Jesus will bring this up later in the Gospels about how, uh, this, how big of a deal this was and how it doesn't necessarily mean that the law is there just to be upheld all the time. But David was hungry, and should he go hungry? And so if you want to check that out, that's uh, in the book of Matthew. I think it's chapter 9. But when David eats this bread and he says, I have no weapons, and so Ahimelech says, well, here's the sword of Goliath. So David has already slain Goliath. He hasn't yet become king, and this sword was kept with these priests, and so he gives them the sword of Goliath to continue on his journey. Sounds like a, like a video game, right? You've got to go to this place and get your bread, and you've got to go to this place and get your sword. So it's setting it up pretty cool, and then he leaves that place, but who overheard this conversation was a guy named Doeg. Doeg. Yeah, there's a guy named Doeg, kids. Anybody want to name their kids Doeg? It's biblical, just saying. Doeg overheard the conversation, and Saul came looking for David at Nob, and Doeg told him, Ahimelech gave him a sword. Ahimelech gave him some bread, not just only bread, the bread of the presence. And I can, I can help you get him. And so some really bad stuff happens there. David flees there and, and goes to uh, Gath. And he's there for a little bit. He gets, he, they're really not understanding what David's trying to do. In fact, they're trying to, they're trying to set him up. And so David kind of acts crazy to get out of there. So he gets out of there as quick as possible. So he flees to a cave. And it picks up 1 Samuel chapter 22. I'm going to read this for you because it has some very huge significance on Psalm 27, where we're about to pick up. It's 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and following. David departed from there, from Gath, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became commander over them. 
And there were with him about 400 men. And David went from there to Mizpah of Moab. And the king Moab, and went to the king Moab and said, Please let my father and mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. And he left them with King Moab, and they stayed with him all that time that David was in his stronghold. Remember that word, stronghold. Then the prophet Gad said to David, do not remain in the stronghold, depart, go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. So David is in his stronghold. He's where he is safe. His family is there. 400 men is there. And he puts his family up in even more safety with the king of Moab. And then enter Psalm 27. He doesn't stay in his stronghold. He goes out into the wilderness. And I believe Psalm 27, and if you're following along, also Psalm 52, pick up where David is in the wilderness, crying out to God. So let's go to Psalm 27. Let me read this to you, and then I'm going to um, call on some volunteers to help me with this, okay? Deal? The Lord is my light and my salvation, the Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices and shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, or false witnesses have risen against me and breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. I need 11 volunteers. Yeah, you're right. I said 11. Come on up here, David. Okay. I, your hands got to keep on going up. Thanks, Oscar. Come on, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, it could be kids too. Harish, come on up here, buddy. I could have, oh, come on now, come on. I like it. Keep it coming, guys. I need some girls. Why haven't any girls um, come up to help? Come on, sweetie. All right. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. Scott Holtz, come on up here. Thank you for that hand raise. Um. <laughs> 
All right. Oh, yeah. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Faith, great job. Thank you for volunteering. Nine, ten. I think I need one more. Here, count for me. Do I have one more? Cruise. Come on up here. Okay. All right, you guys kind of get in the, in the middle, kind of behind that little iPad thing. But don't touch it, kids. It's not a, we're not playing iPads right now. Okay. Okay, so this is what, I want them to help me. I want us to, to look at the importance of this psalm. We talked about the backstory, And so, adults, this is, um, this is a, a Hebrew poetry um, literary device that we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing it together. It's called a chiastic structure. Kids, you don't have to remember a word of that, okay? But adults, you may want to know, hey, but we did a chiastic structure in church today. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to create this structure. And it's important because it gives the most important piece of this passage of Psalm 27. And it, was, it, it would be what David was wanting to get across to the readers of this psalm and this poetry. It would be what he would be looking for and talking about. So here's what I want. Um, David, come over here, and you're going to stand right here. You're going to be my first, because you were the first one to raise your hand. So you were, you were on it, okay? Okay, so here's what you're, uh, put on the screen up there, and you're going to have a, a, a line to say, okay? And that is your line. Now, I want you to say your line as if um, you really mean it, okay? So go ahead. Y-H-Y-H say, is my strength. That's right. Say, Yahweh is my strength. Yahweh is my strength. Is my strength. That's right. my strength. That's right. Okay, good, good. I, I keep that one. So, so Yahweh is my strength. Verse 1, it, it, it introduces this idea that although David was in his stronghold in 1 Samuel 22, he left the stronghold and the Lord became his stronghold. And it kind of sustains him throughout the whole psalm is this idea that the reason he's able to do what he's doing at that very moment was because of the strength of the Lord. Okay, good. Stay there. Okay. Um, let's have um, Harish come up here. I talked to Harish beforehand. I told him he was going to do this and he was pretty thrilled. Okay, staying right here. Okay. All right. Very good. Awesome. That looks good. Okay, Harish, your line right here. My enemies surround me. Or enemies attack me. My enemies attack me. Okay, now, are you scared? Okay, because I would be scared if my enemies are attacking me. There's a, little, there's a little fear, right? So it's like, my enemies attack me. My enemies attack me. Oh, good, good. Okay, good. Now say it real loud. Say it real loud. Uh, you know what? Here, say it real cloud to my cheek. There you go. My enemies attack me. Good, good. Okay, so verses 2 and 3. Let's go there. 2 and 3. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they stumble and fall. Although they encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. So these guys are coming for him, right? Saul's men are coming for him. He's in the wilderness, and he realizes the enemies are surrounding me. But who is his strength? Yahweh is his strength. Okay, Next one. Um, let's have Cruz. Come on up here, buddy. Cruz. I would have everybody say Cruz really loud, but let's not do that. Okay, next one. Yours is going to be, I ask one thing. Can you say that? I ask one thing. Oh, good. Okay, now you're asking, you're asking the Lord. So kind of when you do it, kind of look up and be like, I ask one thing. Good. Okay. Now, what is that one thing? Here, stand right here, buddy. 
You're going to stay in a kind of in a little pyramid style. There you go. What is that one thing? Verse 4, one thing I ask of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. David wants to be back in Nob. He wants to be back in the temple. He wants to be back in the presence of the Lord. He was in his temple eating the bread of presence. And he remembers back. He wants to be in the house of the Lord. It's like, I just ask one thing, God. I want to dwell in your presence all the days of my life. So let's go up here. So go ahead. Your, your line. Yahweh is my strength. My enemies attack me. Say, I ask one thing. Good job, Cruz. Okay, next one. We'll have Kinsey come on up here. Who knew it was Kinsey, by the way? <laughs> this guy. Okay. All right. Right there, baby. Good job. This is my daughter, by the way. Those of you who are, she's a twin. Oh, looks identical. Okay. Your line, Kinsey, that you're going to say really loud, okay, is Yahweh will lift me up. Yeah, that a girl. Yahweh will lift me up. Okay, good. All right, let's go there. Okay, verse 5. For he hid me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high on a rock. No matter who surrounded him, right, Harish? So who, no, no matter if Harish is surrounding him, okay, the enemies attack me. The enemies are surrounding me. He asks one thing. He wants to be in the presence of his God and he says this, Yahweh, I know, will lift me up. My head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. He's already said, doesn't matter what my enemies do because they're going to stumble and fall because the Lord is my strength. Good job, Kinsey. Okay, you, have to, you have to remember that, that line. Next is going to be, oh, come on up here. Yeah, come on, come on, Morgan. Oh, Tessa, sorry. Okay, you're going to stand right here. Okay, good, right there. Right there. All right. Your line is going to be, I have three responses. Say, I have three responses. I have three responses. Ooh, good. Good. That's kind of how David would say it, too. He's like, I have three responses to all this, right? So the Lord will lift me up, and what are his responses? He's got three of them. Because the Lord will lift him up, what does he do? He looks and he says this, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. That's one. Two, I will sing and make melody to the Lord. And the third one, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer to me. He's crying out loud, God, be gracious. I'm going to sing and make melody in my heart to the Lord. I'm going to offer sacrifices and shouts of joy because you are my God who is always with me. So no matter who is encamping, no matter who is attacking, he is going to sing shouts of joy. So say your line one more time. Say, I have three responses. I have three responses. Okay, let's go all the way up here. Ready, go. Yahweh is my strength. My enemies attack me. I have one thing. I have one thing. Remember, say, Yahweh will lift me up. Yahweh will lift me up. That's right. I have three responses. Nice, okay. All right. Come on. What's your name? Evan, come on up here, buddy. Okay, y'all stay right here. Stay right here. Okay, you're going to be in the front and center. You are going to be the, the middle of the X, if you will. Okay, you're going to stand right here. 
And you're going to stand right here. Good job. Y'all keep standing there. Okay. All right, buddy. You ready for, you ready for it? This is it. This is, you're going to be God speaking out to David and all of his men. Okay? You ready? Say, seek my face. Seek my face. That's right. There you go. Nice. So God decides to talk. And he talks and he says, seek my face. The middle of the whole passage, the climax of the psalm is that God speaks and he says, seek my face. Now, what does face mean? Presence. It means that he wants to have David and all of his men, this word seek is plural, it's universal. It's talking about everyone who's around David at this time. He wants them to seek after the presence of the Lord. Okay, so let's go through it. Let's see if you, got all, you all got your lines. Okay, go. Yahweh is my strength. My enemies attack me. I have one thing. I have one thing. Nice. Say, Yahweh will lift me up. Yahweh will lift me up. That's right. That's pretty response. That a girl. Shake my face. That's right. Good job, buddy. All right. Everything leads up to seek my face. In a chiastic structure, in a structure like this, everything leads up to this point and everything falls away from this point. So let's look at the fall away. Next person. Come on up here. What's your name? London. London. Come on up here, sweetie. You're going to have, you're going to be in line with Tessa here. Okay, right here. All right. And you're going to say, I have three requests Oh, nice. Good job. I have three requests. What are these three requests? He says, seek my face. And then he says, well, I've got these requests. He says, of course, I'm going to seek your face, God. Hide your face not from me. Hide your face not from me. Second one, turn your, not your servant away in anger. So don't, don't be like Saul and turn me away because you're angry at me. Oh, you have been my help. And he says the third one, cast me not off, forsake me not. Do not forsake me, do not hide your face, and do not turn your servant away in anger. Those are his requests to God because this is what was dealt to him by the people that he, that he used to uh, think that he loved him. Okay? So he's got three requests. Seek my face. Yes, Lord, I will seek your face. Good job. Okay, let's do the next one. Faith, come on up here. Uh, you look so excited about being here. You control your enthusiasm. Okay, so you're going to be in line with Kinsey. Kinsey, okay. Now, you're gonna, this is your line. Ready? Okay. Yahweh will take me in. Yahweh will take me in. Well, are you excited about that? I'm or excited. Do you, do you, do you want to be taken in by Yahweh? Okay. So, so a little more enthusiasm? A little bit? Yahweh will take me in. Oh, that's confidence. Like, oh, he's got me, you know. All right, cool. All right, yeah. I know he's got me. This is good. All right. So, um, all right. So, this is with the attitude, good deal. So, Yahweh will take me in. So, notice, Yahweh will lift me up. Yahweh will take me in. No matter if my mom or dad deny me. Now, it's not, he's not saying that they did deny him. Again, you look back at Moab, King of Moab, he set them up for safety. So even if my mother and father, although they didn't, even if they did, I know that God, my God, will take me in. How many times do we get so bogged down 
with what's going on around us. And so many people are denying us. So many people are, are angry at us for something that we may have done or maybe have didn't do. God will always take his people back in. Always. There's never too far you can run. Not even if your mother or father, kids, not even if your mom or dad did something wrong, did something bad, deny you, that God will take you in. Deal? Okay. Oscar, come on up here, man. You're going to be in line with your boy Cruz. See how I set that up? Yeah. Okay. Your next line is, teach me, lead me. Now, you're, you know, you're calling out to God. You, you want, I know you're, you've, been, you've been an actor before, so I want you, to, <laughs> I want you to, to really call out to God. This is something that you're requesting. You're, you're saying, teach me, lead me. Teach me. Oh, me. oh, man, that deserves it right there. That's good. Good job. Teach me, lead me. It says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. Because of my enemies, give me not up to the will of my adversaries who bear false witness and rise against me. So teach me and lead me. This is a big, this is a big request. Not just the request that we just see, but he's saying morally, I want to be upright. I want to be on a level path. Please, from here on out, keep my thoughts, keep my things above. Okay, that's what he's saying. Now, let's do, who do I want? Come on up here, bud. Come on. All right. I'm going to do, yes, perfect. Say, my enemies speak lies. My enemies speak lies. Okay. Now, you're really sad about that, okay? Because they're, they're saying things about you that you don't like, right? Or that's not true. So, my enemies speak lies. My enemies speak lies. Oh, ooh. That was good. Do that again. My enemies speak lies. That, that, needs, a, that needs a mic right there, dude, because I want you to hear this. My enemies speak lies. Oh, that's good. I like that emphasis on the lies. That's good. Doeg. Remember that guy? Doeg. He's got to have his thought in his mind. This guy Doeg speaking lies about what's going on. He's setting up false accusations. It says, for false witnesses have risen against me. They breathe out violence. They're wanting to hurt David really bad because of this false witness, Doeg. And so he says, my enemy, although my enemies speak lies in this whole thing, we have Yahweh is still my strength. Scott, let's finish it off up here. You're going to be in line with David over there. What do you think's next? Oh, man, you looked. Oh. Uh, be strong and confident. There you go. But, but you've got to say it strong and confidently. Here we go. Who am I saying it to? Uh, you're saying it to every, you know, your, your people. Be strong and confident. There you go. Good job. Be strong and confident. Good. Now, here is the psalm. Kids, y'all have been doing great. I lost one. Right, right after I said something. Pastor's kid. Really cool. All right. So I, I, will, I will speak up here for, for okay. So we're going to start. This is the psalm, guys. This is it. This is the, the psalm. Here we go. Yahweh is my strength. My enemies attack me. I have one thing. Yahweh will lift me up. Ask three responses. That's right. Seek my face. You say, seek my face. Okay. <laughs> or you, be, you can stand there and look cute, man. That, you're doing a great job. I love it. Seek my face. And then say, I have three requests. I have three requests. Yahweh will take me in. Lord, teach me and lead me. My enemies speak lies. 
Be strong and confident. Nice. Hey, give them a round of applause. That was great. Y'all go sit down. Good job. Y'all go sit down. Good job. Good job. There's your steps right over there. Good job. So, we did that. Look, we did that to show a couple things. One, chiastic structures are fun. Okay? No. We did this to know that that Psalm 27, what what it's really saying in the midst of all that's going on, it's embedded with this idea that God is always there and always our strength. He is our stronghold. There's nowhere we can run that he's not our stronghold. And in the middle of this passage, it says, seek my face. God is speaking to David. He says, seek my presence. And his presence, he was already seeking. It's like, God, I have one thing. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord always, no matter what surrounds me, no matter what happens. So I was asked to preach on a family Sunday. And I'm like, what do I preach on? I, I, I was asked, say, I, I, I'm writing a paper right now for my doctoral work. And so I said, I really don't want to have to advance Romans a whole lot. Um, so can I do kind of a one-off? And, I said, and he's, Ross said, fine, great, that's, that's good. I said, good, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it, something on the presence of God. And last week was difficult. It was difficult, difficult because so many of people maybe in this room and, not, and I couldn't make it this morning, but our body is hurting so many marriages come across my desk just this last couple weeks, struggling. So many friendships in this church are, are, are at odds, and relationships are at odds, and family members are fighting, and all these things that are going on. And so we, we have the enemy over here that's surrounding us. They're encamping, they're, they're putting up their tents around us, and they're, they're distracting us from the presence of God. And I'm reminded this week from Psalm 27 that the, the Lord commands us to seek his face in the midst of all the turmoil that we see. Not just in our world, I'm making this, I'm making this real, I'm making this local. Seek my face, seek my presence. While God's presence is everywhere, he is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And, and this idea that we are to seek his presence is kind of an odd thing to do when we know he's everywhere. However, we set up barriers and walls. This, this, this stuff that, we, we, that distracts us from his presence, we set those things up. And we may not be able to see that he's actually there. But he is. And so this whole idea of seek my face is this idea of, of Colossians chapter 3. Go ahead and go there if you will. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Set your things, your mind on things above. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not the things that are on the earth. Listen to this. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, 
appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You will be one day in his physical presence with him in glory. And the seeking, the continual seeking of his presence is really getting our minds and our heart to reflect, to look up beyond the mess here, but to look up, to raise our, our, our vision and our gaze on, on our mind and our heart and peel back the layers, peel back the yuckiness, peel back all the things that try to distract us, the enemies that surround. I love this idea in verse two, set your minds on things above in verse three. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This psalm reflects the same thing. This psalm 27 reflects this idea that Christ, that God hides us in his tent and lifts us up in the rock. You, you see that? You remember that? He not only hid us from it, but he also raises us up. And the same in Colossians chapter 3, we are hidden in Christ and we will be raised with life and glory with God. And so here's the, here's the charge. Are you seeking his face? Kids, are you seeking God's presence? Are you praying that God would remove all that stuff from what's going on in your life right now? Are you, are you praying, look, God, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't really understand what's going on. Why can't I get along with my spouse? But I, I want to bring us, I want to bring my spouse, I want to bring us into the presence of God and stay there. My friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, I want to seek the presence of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for such a wonderful moment in time where we can come and praise your name. We can worship unhindered. We can grow in wisdom in your word. We thank you for psalms like Psalm 27 that reminds us to seek your presence, even in the hard times. I thank you for doing your best work in the valleys. You are there for us. You're there with us. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.